to another edition of the Huskies in the Pros podcast. As always, thank you for being here. I am Brian Dostler, as today is March 4th, 2024, recording our first show here in the month of March. Obviously, that's a huge month for basketball fans. It is episode number 24. As always, I always like to say this, and I'm recording this on Sunday night just in case anything changes. Um, Overnight with some stats or what have you, obviously things will change throughout the week. But I uh, just want to give you that heads up. On today's show, a jam-packed show. How do I know it's a jam-packed show? Because Adama Sonogo and his three straight double-doubles is the last thing on the rundown. So that's going to be at the end. Amita Brima continues to chase G League history. Kevin Ollie is on a win streak with the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm sorry, folks. We have a, a UConn-Oklahoma City Thunder connection that was right in front of our face, right in front of, right in front of my eyes, that uh, has – now my eyes have been open, I guess. Um, shout out to Adam on Twitter at UConn Tweet for that heads up. Andre Drummond keeps climbing the NBA record books. But we're going to start with some perhaps not, not so surprising news, especially if you watched or I guess listened to last week's podcast with Andre Jackson getting sent down to the G League. One of the topics last week was since post-All-Star break, Andre's minutes have – really continued to to go down, just not playing a lot under Doc Rivers. And I actually found this out Sunday morning that he – and I found out just because uh, somebody on, on UConn Twitter just retweeted a, an Andre Dunk from the Wisconsin Herd, not from the Milwaukee Bucks, but from the G League team, Wisconsin Herd. Again, not totally surprising. You just look at the – in the month or so that Doc's been head coach and – I keep being a drum with this, but he does not play rookies. He traditionally does not play first-year players in 10 rookies with the Clippers and Sixers. Those 10 guys have averaged just below nine minutes a game. Also, the Bucs traded for Patrick Beverly before the trade deadline. That's a Doc Rivers guy. He played five seasons with Doc with the Clippers and 76ers. The Bucs, they also signed Delanello Gallinari right before the All-Star break, another Doc Rivers guy. He played two seasons with Doc in Los Angeles, and in 2018-2019, he had a career-best 19.8 points per game and tried a career-best 43.3% from three. So those are two guys, two veteran guys that are always definitely, I mean, again, with Doc not playing rookies, is always going to get minutes ahead of Andre Jackson. Chris Middleton, sounds like he'll be back soon, but the fact that he's not even playing is just really another reason. I'm sorry this is kind of a depressing first topic here, but to me this is the biggest news of the week for UConn and the pros here. But I will say A.J. Green, a rookie out of Northern Iowa, he's that rookie. When when Doc first came to the Bucks, he said when he was asked about the rookies and who – who can compete for minutes or who will still get minutes. Because remember, Andre averaged just below 16 minutes a game in the month of January before 
Doc came over as a new head coach. And, you know, the, really the, the guys competing for minutes have been A.J. Green, Andre Jackson, and Marshawn Beauchamp. And it seems like A.J. Green is a guy. As Doc Rivers said, yeah, one or two of those guys is, is going to have to step up for us. Key being here, one or two. And it looks like it's just one. It looks like it's A.J. Green. He's averaging in 12 games under Doc. He's averaging 13 minutes, so he's above that threshold with rookies. 37.5% from three, from three, 6.8 points per game. He's getting decent minutes, especially as a rookie. You can hit three ball, that's why he's playing. Meanwhile, Andre in eight games with Doc, so he's played in four less games, so four, four healthy. I, I, just, I guess there, there were two games that Andre missed, one with an illness against the Hornets, which the Bucs won by like 50, so that, would, that kind of sucked. It would have been nice to be playing that one. And he was also out with a wrist injury. But four less games than A.J. Green, and he's only averaging six and a half minutes in those eight games, seven total points, seven total rebounds, seven total assists. So not nec- not really what we're looking for as Husky fans. We really can. I, I'm, I'm not always quick to to blame the coaching staff on, on different things uh, so quickly as others. I try to give some perspective. Uh, I've been back and forth with Willie Green all season. I can see why Adamus Nogo is kind of blocked off with, with the Chicago Bulls. But this is just straight up Doc Rivers uh, not playing Andre Jackson. This is a player, Andre, that started for four out of the five starting spots and spot starts with Adrian Griffin and now is in the G League. I will say the G League, the, the Wisconsin Hurt, they don't have another game. They played Saturday. We'll get into Andre's start there from, from Saturday. They don't play again until next Saturday. So maybe Andre gets called back up. It could be one of those things that just set him down. He hasn't played, obviously, he played 30 minutes in in that start. Uh, it could be one of those things where, he, I mean, obviously the, these, these kids got to play. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see him on the bench this week. I don't know. With G League notes, it can be hard to follow that stuff, and it's just one of those things. It's like, oh, you see him on the bench. Cool. So he is with the Bucs. Or no, he's not. He's down. You know, we've seen that with, with Sonogo this year. But in his debut with the Wisconsin Herd, I mentioned he started. I mentioned he played 30 minutes, seven points, three for 10 from the field, one for five from three, nine rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block. Uh, I retweeted two of his baskets, so five of his points. He had a a dunk in transition and a three-pointer from the corner as well. Again, not all that surprising that we're seeing him down in the G League. He might be back up, but then he could be sent back down. Regardless, this is a roster that added two guys that Doc Rivers likes. It does not include a roster right now with Chris Middleton, who is obviously going to be in the, in the starting lineup when he comes back. So minutes are hard to come by if pretty much, not going to lie, impossible for Andre Jackson at this point. Uh, fun trivia is there is another U- former UConn Husky that uh, played for the Wisconsin Herd. I'll give you a second to think. It could be a shot in the dart for you. Uh, this is a player that was kind of one of my bigger players when I first started this Twitter page. Uh, it's Terry Larriere from, 20, from 2021, 2022. He averaged 14.3 points per game. He played two seasons in the G League, Larriere did. And the last one was a couple years ago with the Herd. Uh, he had a buzzer beater, which uh, at the time was like my most watched clip when I 
had less followers. Yeah, just a quick little trivia there, a little note that Terry Larrier, also a former, uh, or I should say, was a, is a former Wisconsin herd. But Andre, it is good to see him play. Obviously, you would rather have him play some kind of minutes. Maybe we'll see some top 10 plays worthy over down the G League, but we'll see. But that's the latest on Andre Jackson. Chasing history, Mr. Amita Brima. If you've been following along on last week and on the Twitter page, you know that he is second all-time in blocks in G League history. And as we enter this week, starting with on March 4th, he is now eight behind Raphael Putney for the all-time leading shot blocker in G League history. Eight would be to tie, nine would be to break. He's got 337. The record by Putney is 345. And he blocked five shots this past week. On Wednesday, he blocked four shots against OKC Blue. Then one on the next day on on Thursday versus the OKC Blue as well. And on Sunday, and I had that game on. It was It's on YouTube. He didn't have a block against Mexico City at Mexico City. That's why you can watch a lot of G League games. I kind of forget about that. But if they're not on ESPN+, Plus, if they're not on NBA TV, which are those are the two primary uh, – I guess it's not even linear, but uh, televised games, you can find them on YouTube, and you can probably just type in the team name. But for me, since I was just on the Santa Cruz Warriors website, on, on the G League website and the schedule, that's, it's, it comes up when you click on the game for, like to go to the box score. So I followed it. I had it on as I was doing prep work for this. Unfortunately, Brian did not get a block in that game. So he stays eight behind him, behind Putney. Again, Putney. Played his college ball at UMass from 2010 to 2014. But as for Brima, this week, three games, so three more chances to, to break this record. Tonight, Monday night at Mexico City again, 9 p.m. I'll say it's on YouTube. And then Wednesday, March 6th at the Austin Spurs. That's an 8 p.m. Eastern tip on ESPN+. Plus. So on those days, I don't think it's on YouTube. And then uh, Sunday, March 10th. Versus the Rio Grande Valley, 3.30 p.m. on NBA TV. So maybe, just maybe, that could be the day that he gets it if he plays enough. So we'll see. But those are his upcoming three games this week. And hopefully sooner the better that Amita gets this record. would be pretty cool for UConn Nation. Speaking of breaking records, Andre Drummond, another UConn, former UConn big man, continues to climb the NBA record books. As this past Wednesday, he pulled down a season-high 26 rebounds against the Cleveland Cavaliers. He also scored 17 points in a double-overtime Bulls victory. That was a great one against the Cavs. But Drummond in that game, he moves up three spots on the NBA all-time rebounding list. He jumped all the way up to 34. So he passed Tyson Chandler, DeAndre Jordan, and Ben Wallace because of those 26 rebounds. and then. A game later, two nights later, this past Friday, he pulled down 10 more rebounds against the Bucks. So now he is 33rd all-time in rebounds as those 10 rebounds pass David Robinson. Calculate all that up, 33rd all-time, that equals 10,501 career rebounds. Again, this is entering games that will be starting on Monday, March 4th, 2024. 2024. And up next for Drummond, Hall of Famer Jack Sigma. He's 315 rebounds behind him to tie him so that'd be a tall task for to 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 pass him 
And after that's LeBron James, and he's 545 rebounds behind him. Obviously, LeBron's an active player. It's LeBron and Andre Drummond that are the top two active rebounders in the NBA right now, followed by DeAndre Jordan of the Denver Nuggets. This just kind of got me thinking. He passes David Robinson. Next up is Jack Sikma. Next, ahead of that is LeBron James. Is Andre Drummond a Hall of Famer? Two-time All-Star, 2016-2018, All-NBA 13, 2016-four-time NBA rebounding leader, 2016 and then 2018 through 2020. He will turn 31 years young this upcoming August 10th, and he's going to be a free agent this year, after the season, I should say, as he's on year two of a $6.6 million deal with the Bulls. Uh, short answer, no, I don't. He's averaging 12-12 and 12 for a career. He had a really good run, obviously, with the Pistons. But, I don't know, it just gets you thinking. When you are that high in a, in a record book all time and you're close with LeBron, you pass Dave Robinson in a category like this, uh, same with Jack, Jack Sigma. it just makes you wonder. But Andre Drummond this year has just really had he's, – he's really rejuvenated his career. Mention his great years with the Pistons. Then he's been with the Cavaliers. He's been with the Los Angeles Lakers as well, with the Brooklyn Nets, with the Philadelphia 76ers, and just kind of bounced around after really being with the Pistons for quite a few years and, and being a stable with that organization. I'm hoping that he gets a, a good deal, and I hope he goes to, or at least goes to a, good, a better team than the Bulls in this offseason. I think he could have a chance to get a, a bigger contract than two years, $6.6 million because he's had a better year than his previous contract year a couple of years ago, but who knows what teams are willing to play, uh, play, excuse me, pay a traditional big man. He really is one of the last traditional bigs. Deandre Jordan is as well, but in terms of guys that are just strictly there for rebounds, for blocking shots, for altering shots, can't hit the outside shot. Jordan and Drummond are kind of the last, one of the last few ones that are like that. And I'm hoping he gets a bigger deal, maybe in a lesser team. If not, maybe a similar deal like this, but to a team, a better team. I want to say the Warriors, but who knows what the Warriors are going to look like next year. But just a competing team, the Heat. I, the Heat are another, that's another team that I was hoping that he was going to get traded to, or the o- Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll talk about them a little bit. I just think it's something that Andre deserves. And the Bulls right now, they're the ninth seed. They're two games ahead of the Hawks, four game, four games ahead of the Nets, but they're just kind of in that purgatory, right? Not the nine seed. Being that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 range, not exactly where you want to be, but that's where he is with the Bulls. Speaking of the Nets, Kevin, Ollie, man, this feels good. Happy to report that the Nets went 3-1 and one this past week under Kevin Ollie last Monday. KO got his first career head coaching victory on the road against the Grizzlies. And after the game, he was obviously very happy. And just take a listen. It's it's really, really wholesome quotes here from KO. Yeah, so I'm gonna get a call here. So can we make this make this real fast, please? Well, can we just start there? Can you tell us Alice why you are soaking wet right yeah, now in the press conference? Yeah, it's just a great win, and they got me good. All my other coaches left me out to dry, and they stayed in the back. I should have known something then when they stayed out of the back. It got out the way, so it was a good moment in the locker room. You don't have to necessarily watch that clip or to watch Kevin Ollie there to 
just feel his his love, his passion, his excitement, his appreciation, his man. Like it, it just it just makes it makes me feel good. I hope it makes I hope it makes you feel good because you know he's happy. Obviously, winning an NBA game, it was really nice to see. I retweeted that. That's, I mean, that was back on Monday. But if you type in Kevin Alley on Twitter, you can find that. You can actually find the video. He's got a big smile on his face. Very tired. You can tell he's very he's exhausted, but a good tired and exhausted. And certainly just a bit of a relief to get that first one out of the way. And uh, and now going into this week, the Nets are on a two-game win streak. They beat the Atlanta Hawks two game two times in a row in back-to-back games. I will note that there was no Trey Young for the Hawks. However, there was no Cam Thomas and there was no Ben Simmons for what that's worth for the Brooklyn Nets. But you just look at this offense of the Brooklyn Nets in in games where they won one twenty four to ninety seven and one fourteen to one oh two, both at home, so protecting home court, gotta do that. But in these two games, nineteen turnovers combined for Kevin Ollie's team. That's obviously really good. And then you add on that with fifty eight assists on eighty seven made field goals. 66% of the baskets are on field goals. We talk about, or we know as UConn fans, how ridiculous their assist to field goal, field goal percentage uh, numbers are the last couple seasons. 66% over two games is a pretty damn good number as well. This offense is just singing right now under Kevin Ollie. Mikel Bridges, he scored 38 on Saturday, hasn't scored 30 plus in a while. Cam Johnson, 29 and 23 against the Cavs, so he's averaging 26 in those – or excuse me, against the Hawks, he's averaging 26 points in those two games against Atlanta. The 29 was a season high for him. I mentioned when in the pod – so last week, the week before, probably the week before, when you got to get Mikal Bridges going. He's only averaging 21 points a game this year uh, before Kevin Alley took over. you got to get Mikal Bridges going. Him scoring 38 points, he hadn't scored in over like 26, 28 in, in over a month which for an NBA team, you're a superstar. You got to score in 30 points a game to, to be competitive. And to see him, to see Cam Johnson, hopefully they get Cam Thomas back soon as well, another uh, bucket getter. This is exciting. This is, this is big for the Nets. And why was it huge? Why was it big time for the Nets to win back-to-back games, specifically against the Hawks? Well, that's because the Nets – Again, this is currently – there still might be some games being finalized on Sunday night here. But at the time of, at the time of recording, the Nets the – Nets, the Nets the Nets currently 11th in the East, two games back of the 10-seeded Hawks. So they were down four, four games before this two-game stretch. Now they cut it in half. And also they they won the tiebreaker. They were – excuse me, they won the season series against the Atlanta Hawks as – Brooklyn went three and one this year against Atlanta. So all good things for Kevin Ollie. Again, three and one this past week. Four more, let's see, five more games this week. Tonight at Memphis on Monday, 7.30 p.m. tip. Tuesday versus 76 or 70, 7.30 tip. And then three games on the road on Thursday at Detroit, Saturday at Charlotte, and Sunday at the Cavaliers. It seems like the players are just responding to Kevin Alley. There was a, a tweet out from a Brooklyn Nets reporter, Eric Slater, after their second win against the Hawks, and he tweeted out, quote, a lot of yelling, clapping, and music from the Nets locker room. So it seems like that they're 
enjoying playing for Kevin Alley. Of course, all these games I mentioned, they'll be on Yes Network, which hopefully we all can watch. And just to note here, again, two-game win streak coming into Monday. The Nets, they've won three games in a row three times this season, but they have yet to win four games in a row this season. So Memphis tonight, Tuesday, definitely tougher against the 76ers. So just to keep that out there for you. And UConn has another head coach in the pros. And, again, shout-out to Adam on Twitter at UConn Tweets. He put out a tweet just to the general population of UConn Twitter and saying, how come we're not giving Oklahoma City head coach Mark Dagnaw his flowers? Why are we not giving him any attention? And he's right. For those of you that don't know, Dagnall is a former UConn student manager from 2003 to 2007. And since that tweet, I responded. I said, hey, that's on me. I pride. I take huge pride in this Twitter page and Huskies and the pros and, and all that. And if I'm going to tweet about Kevin Alley winning and losing games, then we're going to do the same thing for Mark Dagnall. So after that tweet, I've started to include Dagnall on the to watch tweets every morning and the recap tweets from the night before. And I'm excited to get into this Oklahoma City team. As a matter of fact, they play tonight on Sunday night. 9.30 on ESPN, so get a chance to see a, a team that's 41-18, and 18, a three-way tie. Again, these records, by the time uh, you listen, will be maneuver a little bit. But as of 7.54 p.m. Sunday night, it is a three-way tie with Oklahoma City with the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So Dagnall's got a team playing very well. And I stumbled upon this clip where – Josh Hustis, a former Oklahoma City Thunder player that played for, for Dagna. He was on the Athletic NBA show. found this on YouTube. And he had this to say about the OKC head coach. And this was right before the beginning of the season started. So, again, right before. Uh, just And here, take a listen. Josh, what about you, Coach of the Year? Uh, I'm going with my, my guy who came into the league together, Mark Dagnalt. Oh yeah. Okay. That's a yeah. that's a favorite right now, last I checked. Yeah, that's my guy. That's probably the best coach I've ever had in my life. So I gotta really I gotta go what, with Mark. What I, made I, him so great? Yeah. I've never had a coach who was more willing to try to relate to players. Right. I think one of the things that people don't don't see is that when you get to the professional level, like it changes from a coach player relationship to more like co- a colleague relationship. You know what I mean? Where it's like, because let's be honest, like who has the power? in the league the player right right. like the players have a majority of the power yeah right and so it's a it's a weirder dynamic but like the guy was super relatable and had like this a good open door policy that just made him great with relating to his players like he had his office set up right with right next to the court it was like a daily thing bring you in talk to you about anything but basketball you know what I mean? Genuine check-ins. And I just think he's good at developing relationships with players. And I know guys, anybody who plays for him, like wants to go to war for him. First off, coach of the year. It's pretty good. Uh, I don't know the odds, what they look like right now, but obviously for a team that in his first three years that won 22 games, then 24 games and won 40 games last season. And now 41 wins already with still about 20 games left. It's pretty good. Certainly Dagnall in the race for coach of the year. And it, it's always nice to hear that players play from it, run through a brick, brick wall for him. So we're going to keep certainly tabs on on the OKC Thunder. 
I know there's some of you on there that are UConn fans and also Thunder fans, so make sure you stay tuned on this Twitter page for all that content. And last but not least, this is how I started the show. I said if Adama Sonogo is the last thing, if it's the if it's the caboose, if it's the anchor of your show, then that's a pretty good show. And that's where that's where we're at here. So Adama Sonogo, three straight double doubles. Thursday, 27 and 15, Friday, 22 and 12, and Sunday, 23 and 14. He now has 23 double doubles in 34 G League games. That's 67.6% of his games. Our guy has a double double. Just putting on an incredible season. Again, he is on this two way contract with the Bulls, which is the best G League contract you can get. It means you can go back and forth between the NBA and the G League, but you can't play more than 45 games with the, with the NBA team. He's played in three, four, so, and he's not postseason eligible for the Bulls unless they give him a standard NBA contract, which I've seen some Woj tweets, and there are some G League guys that are getting some, some standard contracts from NBA teams. Uh, it's pretty crazy. I've also noticed that that you can – Basically sign – if a player is not a two-way player on a team, then a different team can just sign that guy and make them their two-way player. Kind of interesting how that works out. But Adama crushing it in the G League as always. And, hey, I with Andre coming to uh, the Wisconsin, which he might go back, obviously, as I mentioned. But at the end of this month, 29th to 30th or the 30th and 31st, whatever it is, those last couple of days in March, the Windy City Bulls take on the Wisconsin Herd. How cool would that be? Obviously, one day we want to be in the NBA. We want to be with the Bucks versus the Bulls. But for now, if we have to settle for Wisconsin Herd versus the Winnie City Bulls, we can do that too. I don't know if we televised, <laughs> but uh, anything that happens, I will try my damnest to retweet everything that I possibly can. But just throwing that out there. And if you listen all the way through to the end of the show, then you'll know that ahead of time, everybody. I will be getting that eventually. Obviously, we'll see what happens with, with Andre here and with Adama. I mean, who knows? That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for staying with me. It was a lot of fun to do this one. Just a lot of juice to this show. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, feel free to give me any comments, suggestions, what you like, what you didn't like about the show. But for now, the Huskies, we are bolt, we are dual Big East regular season champions. Let's keep it rolling here in March. For now, take care and go Huskies.